confession you are about to hear is an actual tape recording. All right, read the statement, please. I make this confession of my own free will because it is true. There's not been any force or violence used upon my person to induce me to make these statements. Without promise of immunity or award or gratuity, I confess. You understand, of course, that your statement will be made public through the radio program Confession. Yes, I do. Your name for the purpose of this broadcast will be George S. Decker. Do you understand that? George, do you understand? Yes. Listening to Confession. The case history of the subject referred to as George S. Decker is a matter of documented record. You will hear the story of his crime experience as told in his own words. All right, continue, please. I never met anyone like her. Never. Like whom, George? Terry. Terry. Teresa. She, uh, she was tall. Her hair was reddish-brown color, and, well, she just wasn't anything like, like, uh... Like whom, George? Oh, she was different. Different than my mother. Oh. Different than... First time I met her. How long ago was that? Oh, that was about a year and a half ago. You were 22, is that right? No, not quite 22 then. Mm-hmm. Were you working? Yeah, right there in Santa Ana. George, how did you meet Teresa? Well, we had an argument. Mm-hmm. Another one of those arguments. She was always telling me what to do. Uh, Teresa was always telling you? Hmm? Teresa, you and, and Teresa argued. No. No, I told you, I was living with my mother. We were always arguing. I see. You mean your mother and you argued? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, she treated me like a kid. She was always telling, me, always telling me to do this, do that, eat this, don't eat that. Georgie. Oh, it's true. For Pete's sake, Mom, don't you think I'm old enough to know how to eat? Georgie, please, don't be so nervous. How can I help being nervous? All you do is worry and fret and stew about your, your darling little boy. Your darling little boy's not so little anymore. He can take care of himself. Well, I know you can, dear. I never said you couldn't. No, but you'd like to say it, wouldn't you? You think it all the time, so why don't you say it? Go on, go and say it. Georgie, please sit down. Eat. I'm not hungry. What is it, Georgie? What bothers you? Why do we always have these arguments over nothing? Oh, no, it's all my fault. Now, go ahead, blame the, the arguments on me. I didn't say anything was your fault, Georgie. I... Oh, but you're thinking it, aren't you? No. Not much you're not. Georgie, where are you going? Oh, for Pete's sake, I even go at the door without filing a report. Georgie!
how it always was. She was always trying to keep me home with her. Even as a kid, I never got to hang around with the other kids in the neighborhood. Mom saw to that. Then when my old man died and I had to quit school and go to work, she seemed to need me more. When I wasn't working, I'd stay home with her, keeping her company, pay the rent, pay the bills. Every night, I'd do crossword puzzles in the dinette. She'd do the ironing or mending or something in the kitchen. We had nothing to talk about, nothing to do. That night was the same as any other night, but I just had to get out. The guy my age needs people around him. A little action, a few laughs. <laughs> oh, well, now. Look what's all alone and feeling blue. Hi, honey. Hi. Well, smile a little. I'm all right. Come on, smile for Terry. What for? <laughs> I know a cocker spaniel looks just like you. Except your ears don't droop. Come on, smile. Well, that's it. Now, are you going to buy me a drink? You working here? Does that make a difference? No. Okay, then. Mac? Yeah. What are you drinking? Well, he knows. Don't you, Mac? The usual, Terry? Yeah. You, honey? Uh, uh, bourbon. Bourbon and water. Take scotch. It's better for the head. I like bourbon. Oh, now you're looking like that cocker spaniel again. I don't like to be told what's good for me. Okay, okay. Forget it. Get the whole thing. See you around. Oh, wait, wait a minute. What for? I, I'm sorry. Please, uh, ha have a drink with me. Oh, no, that's a little bit better. Well, kid, what are you drinking? Uh, scotch. Scotch and water, Mac. It's better for my head. She wasn't the kind of girl I ever figured I'd fall for. She was beautiful. Well, you know the type, a little too much lipstick, wrong kind of clothes. But she had a way of looking at me that started motors buzzing inside me. After the place closed, I walked Terry home. She had a room in one of those old places right downtown. Cut it out, baby. Next thing you'll be telling me how much you love me. Is that so terrible? Terry, listen, I... Say, little one, it's late. You better go home to Mama. Don't say that. What? Don't talk to me like that. Okay, okay. Good night. Goodbye. See you around. Hey, Terry, wait. I, I'm I'm sorry, honest. I gotta see you again, please. Look, honey, you're a nice kid, but the kind of places I like to go, you can't afford. No. What makes you so sure? Well, I... what makes you so sure I can't afford them? Well, I. Well, since you put it that way, maybe I'm not so sure. The next night, I took her up to Los Angeles to a real swanky restaurant and to a hotel to dance. I'd never been to either place before because I could never afford it, and I never had the occasion. But now I had to afford it, and I had the occasion. I was with Terry. We went out a lot after that, Terry and me. She even stopped wearing so much lipstick, and I bought her the right kind of clothes to wear, you know, presents. And she wore them to please me. It cost a lot of money, and I, well, they made her look more beautiful than ever. Look, hon, I picked this dress out by myself. Like it? Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. Where, where did you get that? Tracy's. I opened a charge account there. A charge? 
That's a pretty expensive store there, isn't it? Oh, now, baby, you're sounding like a husband or something. Oh, you know, I got bills to pay for my mother, too. I know, I know, I know. Oh, well, after all, you know, she... Don't you ever forget Mama. No. Sometimes... Well, sometimes I wish I could, but I don't. Come here, honey. Hmm? Come here. Come on over here. Sometimes we go to Laguna or over to Long Beach, but most of the time we just hang around Santa Ana in a bar, someplace or other. It's always pretty late when I got home. What are you doing up so late, Mom? Just waiting for you. What now? I, I, I never get a chance to talk to you anymore, Georgie. Not tonight, Mom. It's late. Georgie. Not tonight, Mom. Mr. Blackett stopped in this afternoon. Yeah. He wanted his rent, Georgie. Last month and this month. He'll get it. He'll get it. Oh, uh, sleep. Georgie, you told me you paid the rent. Oh, for Pete's sake, we're going to argue about that now. I don't want to argue, son. I just didn't know what to say to him. I was so sure you'd paid it. What are you trying to do? Make me out a liar? No, dear. I... You let me handle it, will you? I'm running this house. You keep out of it. Keep out of all my business. I'm not interfering. It's your money. It's your business. But if you'd only... I'd only what? If I'd only stop spending so much on Terry. Is that, is that what you want to say? Oh, Georgie. Look, you let me tell you something. You can interfere all you want, but Terry's the girl I'm going to marry. Marry? Mm-hmm. Marry. Suppose you think she's not good enough for your darling little boy. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything. Oh, but you're thinking it. I don't even know the girl. Yeah, but you're thinking it anyway. You, you're... Georgie, please. Please stop. I haven't said anything. Stop it, please. Mom. Uh, Mom, look, cut it out, huh? You don't have to cry like that. Mom, listen, I'm sorry. I don't know why, why I blow up like this. But please, Mom, don't cry. All right. It's all right, Georgie. I hated her for crying like that. When she cried, it made me feel sorry for her. It made me feel everything was my fault. I hated her for that. And Terry, I hated her even more for putting me in a spot like that. I had to borrow money against my salary to pay the rent. A few weeks later, I had to borrow again to pay Terry's charge account. I got sore. I told, I told Terry to quit spending so much money. Is it so terrible to show a girl how much you love her? Is it, honey? Never mind that stuff, Terry. You know I can't afford it. You talk more like a husband every day. Oh, I can't help it. No, please, Terry, you got to go easy. After all, we're not married yet. Married? That's <laughs> oh, so funny. Well, honey, you're a sweet kid. But you and me married? <laughs> What's wrong with you and me being married? Huh? What's wrong with it? Georgie, what would you do with your mama? Take her along on our honeymoon? <laughs> you stop that. You stop that. You stop that. I said, all right. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me like that. I'll kill you, you George! Stop it, George! I swear I'll kill you! George! Please! Please, George! Stop! You are listening to Confession. 
before continuing with the documented record of the subject referred to as George S. Decker. The National Broadcasting Company is honored to present Mr. Richard A. McGee, Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. Mr. McGee. The story you are hearing tonight is a story about a man who is mentally ill. You would never know it if you saw him on the street. The mentally ill wear no scars. Yet a psychiatrist's report on him might read as follows. Passive, dependent personality with emotional instability and immaturity. In simpler language, this man is totally unprepared to cope with reality. There is an explosive quality in him which might someday erupt into a crime of anger and violence. Perhaps if his parents had recognized in him these symptoms of abnormal behavior, he might have been helped. For most of the mentally ill, there is treatment and cure. Thank you, Mr. McGee. Now to continue with confession and the documented record of the subject referred to as George S. Decker. this. I held her like this. Uh, All right. right. Go on with your story. Like this. My thumb squeezed tight into her throat. Oh, sorry. Uh, why were you trying to kill her, George? Uh, see my thumbs? Uh, why were you trying to kill her, George? Kill her? Terry? Yes. You were trying to kill her, weren't you? No. Not Terry. I'm Trying to kill. Who? I don't. I don't know exactly. She was Terry, but she was my mother too. I was like my. I had my mother's neck in my hands, and. Uh, and. George, you. You're a sap. You're the. You're the biggest sap I know. Sure. Sure, I know. Go on, get out of here. Terry. Go I... on, go on. Get out of here. Please, Terry. I... Beat it. You can't even do a good job of murder. I started to walk home, but I just kept on walking. My hands hurt. My fingers were cramped. My head kept spinning and buzzing. I could have killed her, but I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't. For the first time in my life, I felt real strong, but she won anyway. Why? Everybody that passed me in the street, I felt like asking why, but... I didn't. I just walked. I walked all night. By the time I got home, it wasn't night anymore. Georgie? Yeah, Ma? Where have you been? I've been calling everywhere. I've been so worried. For Pete's sake, stop worrying about me. You hear me? Stop worrying about me. If everybody let me alone. Here, Georgie. What? What's that? A letter for you. Selective Service Board. Selective? Let me see.
Your draft notice? Yeah. Yeah, my draft notice. Georgie, dear. Mom, I, I don't want this. I, I, I can't go into the Army. Mom, they can't take me. But there's nothing you can do about it, dear. Yeah, but I, I support you, don't I? Hmm? Don't I support you? You're my dependent. If they took, took me, but you... But, Georgie, they've taken other boys. It'd only be for a year. I could manage. Mama, I think you want me to be drafted. Oh, you know that's not yeah, so. Yeah, sure, yeah. You don't, you don't care if they draft me. You don't care what they do to me. Oh, Georgie. You're all alike, you and Terry. You don't care. Oh, I care. Other people care, too, even if you don't. I didn't go to work. I just sat in my room all morning. I had to think. Mom knocked on the door a couple of times, but I didn't answer. I had to think, but my head kept spinning. Wouldn't let me think of anything but Terry. I was worried about her. Knew she was sore at me. But now I needed her. My own mother had walked out on me. I needed Terry, bad. Maybe, maybe if she knew how much I needed her. Please, I have to talk to you. It's important. Yeah, I'll bet. Please, Terry. Uh, Terry. 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 I called her again. I kept calling her, but she wouldn't come to the phone. I had to talk to her. I had to tell her how sorry I was. I had to tell her how much I needed her. I needed her more than ever now. I wanted to marry her. I could take care of her just like I've been doing. She knew that. If she married me, she'd be my dependent. I'd have to take care of her or, or be drafted. Well, she liked that, getting even more money out of me. I had to tell her, but she wouldn't answer my calls. I kept calling till it was dark, and then I went down to Max Cocktail Lounge. Terry would be there, I figured. Well, look who's here. Hi, George boy. Will it be? Terry around, Mac? Terry? Uh-uh. She called up, said she wasn't feeling so good. Said she had a sore throat. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Anything I can do for you, kid? No, thanks. Now sit down and have a drink. You look like you can use one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is something wrong? Got my draft notice. Uh-oh. I'm going to see Terry. I'm going to talk to her. Oh, sure. Can't blame you for that. She's home now, I guess. Yeah. She always laughed when I asked her to marry me. Now she can't laugh. Now she wants me around. She'll have to marry me, right, Meg? Well, sure. Sure, kid. She ever say anything about marrying you? What's the matter, Mac? What you looking like that for? Didn't she ever tell you? Tell me what? About Jerry. Jerry? Who's Jerry? Mac, who's Jerry? Her husband. Her what? Her husband. Doing a stretch for forgery. Been in San Quentin a couple years now. Should be due out pretty quick. I figure you know, George. I figured she must have told you, but... Hey, wait a minute, kid. Let me fix your drink. Hey, George. again. 
some reason, I was walking back home, but when I got home, I kept on walking. My head was spinning like it did once before. My hands hurt. My fingers were cramping up. I could almost feel Terry's neck in my hands. I wanted to squeeze the life out of her, to kill her. But there was something in the way. Always, always there was something in the way. I had to get rid of it. I had to get rid of what was in the way. standing across the street from Terry's rooming house. I stood there for an hour, maybe two hours, I don't know. I saw the light in her room go out. I saw her open the window in the dark. She was going to sleep. I waited some more. Till I knew for sure she was asleep. Till the whole house looked like it was asleep. It was a brick I tripped on, one of those concrete building blocks. That was in the alley around the side of the house near the fire escape. That's where I was going. Up the fire escape. I took the brick with me. Side and I stopped. I couldn't do it. Not yet. She looked so beautiful, I couldn't do it. I started to walk home, but I was tired. My head hurt. My hands, even my arms hurt too. I stopped in a max. All right, kiddo, I didn't expect to see you back this time of night. You get to see Terry? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Want a drink? Okay. Here you are. See Terry? Lugging a hunk of cement around for? I need it. What for? You ain't gonna build a wall, are you? No, but it's just right. It's right for what? You better go. See you, Mac. Where are you going, George? Gotta go back. Back where? Kinda late to be seeing Terry again, ain't it? 
I knew I could do it now. I had to do it. I walked back. I walked all the way back. A long way. This time I could do it right. No alleys, no fire escapes. This time I, I used my key. Why shouldn't I have a key? I had enough money invested in her. I had a right to have a key. Dark and quiet. I felt quiet too. Relaxed. I stood there at the bed watching her sleep. Lying there with her eyes closed, she looked sad. Sad and peaceful, the way I felt. I stood there looking down at her. I don't know how long I stood there. Then I lifted the cement block. It was heavier. It's heavier than I figured, but I lifted it way up. High, right over. She moved a little, and I waited. The block was getting heavier. Her eyes opened slow at first, and big and wide. Georgie? What? I brought it down. Hard. I phoned Mac at his cocktail lounge, told him what I did. He didn't believe me at first, but then he told me to stay right there. I didn't want to go anyplace anyway. I was tired. I just sat there, and pretty soon the cops came in. One of them was a detective, lieutenant, somebody or other. Come on, Decker. Where to? Where to? Where do you think we take people who kill their mothers? Mothers? I, I didn't kill my mother. No? Who did? I, I mean, I, I didn't want to kill her. I didn't want to kill my mother at all. I... I don't get it. I don't understand. Sure, sure, I know. You don't, kid. I know you don't. Ready? Mm. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Come on. just heard an actual confession. This case history of the subject referred to as George S. Decker is a matter of documented record. To protect the legal rights of the subject, names and places were changed or deleted. Technical advice for confession comes from the Office of the Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. In a moment, you will hear again from George S. Decker. Subject was tried in Orange County, California for murder, first degree. Found not guilty by reason of insanity. Awarded custody, California State Department of Mental Hygiene. Confined, Mendocino State Hospital, Talmadge, California. Psychiatrist report, to date, unfavorable. An individual with deep-seated, unresolved emotional problems, which will require long-range treatment. And now, George S. Decker. I tried to tell you everything that happened, even the way I felt when it was happening. Maybe you understand, maybe you don't. Anyhow, for me, talking and telling you about it helps. People I talk to up here have a way of making things clear. They tell me 
They'll let me go when I know I'm ready to go. I don't know when that'll be. Sometimes everything seems to make sense for me. Other times I just don't know. I just don't know. This has been Confession, transcribed statements of actual crimes. These true tragedies are brought to you each week as an NBC Radio Network production in an effort to stem the nation's forward march of crime. Credit for this broadcast goes to our cast, Paul Fries, Lamont Johnson, Charlotte Lawrence, Helen Klebe, Jack Crucian. Script, Don Brinkley. Music, Michael Samogi. Script supervision, Warren Lewis. Direction, Homer Canfield. John Wall speaking. Confession, a Canfield Lewis creation, came to you from California. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.